the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a great morning to you. Thanks for being 10 minutes past 10 o'clock as we get started this hour. Thanks so much for being with us. Um, it is a Monday, the 24th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Before I bring on our uh, guest uh, here at the top of this hour, I'm going to ask her to um, bear with me for a moment while I try to set the table a little bit for part of our conversation. Beverly Goldstein is going to talk to us about a couple of things. Number one, uh, anti-Semitism and some education that is being brought forth by her and her husband and others starting next month about this and how important it is. But uh, she is also going to talk about somebody who became very close to her and to her husband, Mike, who has been a guest on this program as well. And I've had Philip Haney on my program, too. I said at the top of the show, Philip Haney was found dead this weekend. Um, Philip Haney is um, a wonderful, wonderful patriot. Philip Haney, again, came onto my program to talk about his book, uh, which was called um, See Something, Say Nothing, which is a reference to Obama's uh, uh, branding of See Something, Say Something, as in as if that's going to solve the problems of Islamic terrorism and things like that that go on. Of course, we know that if you see something and say something in America, you get accused of being an Islamophobe. And uh, that's largely what Philip Haney found. Philip Haney was the, one of the founders of the Homeland, uh, Department of Homeland Security, which was created under George W. Bush. He did incredible work for years, assembling and putting together information that connected um, various Islamic agencies in the United States to terror. And um, he put all of that on the record. And during the Obama administration, he was ordered by the president to scrub it to essentially wipe out all of the information that he had gathered. I know that sounds impossible, right? So he wrote a book about this called See Something, Say Nothing. A Homeland Security Officer Exposes the Government's Submission to Jihad. 
He was found dead at the age of 66 from a single gunshot wound this weekend. And um, a lot of people are wondering how and why. It is being declared a suicide, but again, at the risk of speculation, many people are wondering if that is indeed the case. Uh, in fact, some have said, knowing him very well, uh, that uh, Philip Haney was uh, set to be married. Uh, Philip Haney uh, was talking about a lot of the things that he was going to do in the future, uh, and that anything that happens to him um, is going to be questionable because, again, he, he has found some very, uh, he's made rather some very uh, powerful enemies. Do we know what happened? We do not, but we do know that Philip Haney is gone. And now let me bring Beverly Goldstein onto the air. She is a former congressional candidate. Uh, she now, and she has worked with Act for America with Dan Ramada and her husband, Mike Goldstein. Now they all work collectively with the organization Red Green Axis Exposed, uh, run by Jim Simpson. Beverly, good to talk to you again. I wish we had better circumstances to talk about uh, your events coming up next month, but uh, thank you for coming on. Thanks, Bob. Here, a light unto the nations. Boy, are you ever. Well, um, I don't know about that, but... Um, I, I, you know, you and I spoke obviously or, or communicated briefly yesterday um, about this. And while I do want to talk about mapping out anti-Semitism from ancient to modern times, which is what you and your husband are going to be presenting next month, starting next month, um, I know you were close to Phil Haney, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about this. So I'm just going to kind of give you, give you the floor here. All right. Well, let's start back in 2008. Um, our very close friend, Claire Lopez, who's like a family member, uh, we met her in 2007, and she said, you know, you should really go to this counterterrorism conference in Herzliya, Israel. It's really the most important international conference of its type, and we're thinking, oh, that's where we ought to go. So we actually have attended... Uh, that counterterrorism conference three different years, 2008, 9, and 11. In 2008, at the end of the conference, uh, we met up with a few people who were lingering around because we, not everybody leaves the country immediately. We had a car, and we met two young men who said, what are you guys doing for the next couple of days? And we said, oh, well, we have a car, and we're going to like drive around and see stuff. And this is before our son permanently moved to Israel and became a citizen. So he was not there yet. Mm -hmm. So one of these two people was Phil Haney. So he said, you know, I know all these really interesting little places in Israel, battlefields and religious sites that nobody knows about. You guys up for seeing places like that? And we're like, well, heck Yeah. So the two guys climbed in the car with us, and the four of us drove around to such remote places. And we became incredibly close. You know, you're 7,000 miles away from America, and you're all there because we really want to keep America safe, Israel safe. So we became very close, and we kept in touch by email. We were very clearly aware that Phil was with the Department of Homeland Security, and I want to remind the listeners, my husband was with uh, the Navy and was in Naval Security for 30 years, so they had a lot of things, not that they could get into details about what they did, but they had a lot of interest in common. And you could not have interest in common with Bill Haney because he was like a man of everything, he had poetry, music, history, 
the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Bible. I mean, anything you wanted to talk about, you got 10 minutes with Phil Haney, he could blow you away. So one day we realized that the emails with Phil had completely stopped, and we thought, oh, my God, how did we lose this wonderful friend? Well, how would we ever know what was happening to him in his life? His first date, if I remember all the things I read, was they asked him to scrub keywords in his data collection. And then over time, he had to scrub the data collection. But what he let everyone know when he came back into life, which is one day we were watching Hannity on television, he says, and my next guest is blah, 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 and we're listening, and who's sitting there with Hannity? Bill Haney. And we're going, oh, my God, he's alive, and he's on TV. So we were able to reconnect with him very fast. And... um Bill has stayed with us at our home three times, maybe four times. One of the times Art Moore was with him, that was in 2016 during the Republican National Convention, at which point I was a candidate for Congress. And also, he was here some subsequent times. One time with Jim Simpson and the two of us were here. I thought, man, if anyone was looking for these guys, I would not have a house, you know? So... What happened, and this is also like you and me and Mike and and Dan and our our broad family, we are a family. We may not be related by blood, but we are so intrinsically related to each other, care for each other, understand each other's needs in terms of what we're doing for America, for Christians, for Jews, for Christianity, Judaism, for Israelis, for Israel. We just have this tremendous commitment to each other. So, but Mike and I are not the only people who had Phil Haney at their home, because as you were aware, he did a few book tours, put thousands and thousands of miles on his RV, And you could probably get my story from 20 or 30 other families. I didn't start in Herzliya, Israel in 2008, but Phil literally has a family of people all across America and probably internationally also. He's really tied in with everybody affiliated with Diana West and her work and people in Europe who are working hard on the issues we're working on. But Bob, the loss is, it's so profound. It's like you sit there and you go, I don't know what to do. This is just an absolutely unreplaceable person. And so when I wrote you and said, can I come on and share? I guess it was selfish. I just wanted our listeners to know that we didn't just lose a DHS brilliant man. We didn't just lose somebody who was going to help us save America but we lost one of the most kind, brilliant, decent people that ever lived in our country. So that's my news. Bev, um, if I may ask, uh, when is the last time you spoke with him? Well, we did a lot of texting. Phil would do things like he would travel, and he would take really cool pictures. So a couple weeks ago, I got a text from Phil, and I was on a chain with about nine other people. 
and he sent me a series of rainbows that he had taken pictures of. But the coolest thing was last week, or maybe 10 days ago, when Phil wanted to weigh in on the deal of a century from President Trump's vision for Israelis and the Arabs calling themselves Palestinians in right, that right. area. A, a modified and two-state he, solution of some sort, right. Right. So I'll just move on to that issue one minute. It was a brilliant plan because nothing was left to be decided later. Every other discussion was... This is left for later. We'll talk about that later. And so all the things that were left for later, which weren't many, Jerusalem and the right of return for Palestinians to move into homes that they fled 70-some years ago and so forth, I found the plan to be brilliant because I found it to be checkmate. I found it to be checkmate. President Trump said, okay, all my people and myself have listened to all your complaints and all your concerns and what we think you've said you've wanted over these last 70 years. And we have now addressed every one of these issues in this plan. And we're ready to come to the table, and nothing's off the table. We are willing to discuss every one of these issues on these, this plan. So what did we get? We got the current musty uh, threatening. Bev, Bev let, me, let me interrupt you there if I can, because um, because we're getting off onto that, which I think it'd sorry, probably be better. Sorry, That's okay. Sorry, I, sorry. I, I want to stay on Phil. Um, and right, so Phil no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Bev. I got music playing here because I got to take this break. It's 21 after. So what I want to do is use this break. I want to come back and ask you one or two more quick questions about Phil. Then I want to talk to you about mapping out anti-Semitism, this uh, four-part class that you're presenting with your husband uh, to anybody who is interested in learning Learning more, so we'll talk about that. And then, if you want to finish your thoughts on the uh, uh, the deal of the century, if you will, we can do that as well. So let's uh, take a quick time out and come right back with Bev, Bev Goldstein after this. Okay, it's uh, 1024. I want to continue now with uh, my friend Beverly Goldstein. She's a former congressional candidate. She's now working with uh, Red Green Axis Exposed as well. And we're talking about the death of her friend and her husband's friend and the friend of many, Phil Haney, who was found uh, shot to death over this weekend. And we were talking about his career work, which made a lot of enemies because of uh, what he did and what he found working for the um, Homeland Security uh, Department. And, Bev, the reason I asked you uh, when the last time you heard from him was, and, and it's interesting you said you texted a lot, uh, I just wanted to find out what you could say about his mindset. I'm reading two different quotes from friends of his um, who say the following. I am devastated to hear my dear friend Phil Haney has passed. I was texting with him on Wednesday and he had just returned from his sisters and was praising God for a breakthrough. I had just prayed with him on Tuesday. The second friend said, quote, My friend Phil Haney was found shot yesterday in California. I had lunch with him a month ago. He warned something could happen to him. He was to get married in a month. This will be It will be falsely called a suicide. It meaning whatever happens to him will be falsely called a suicide. Now, I don't know anything about it. I, I, I know that the official ruling has indeed been suicide, but based on what some of his friends were saying about his mindset in recent days or weeks, it seems 
really unlikely that things would turn out the way that they did. Did you have any? And what was your what was your sense of where his head was and where his you know where he was in terms of his own health and you know both and I mean that in all ways mental emotional spiritual and physical. We were talking about that on Pastor El show last night. Um, there were no telltale signs. So the recent text I got, which was maybe not Wednesday, but within the week, was after gloating about the plan that the president presented, I chimed in with Checkmate, and he went, Man, you are our current-day Golda Mayor. And I wrote back, and I went, Wait, 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 wait. She was a lifelong socialist. Be careful. <laughs> and, he writes, and he writes back, no problem. We'll modify it. We're going to call you Lakewood Golda. So we will separate you from Golda Mayer. But we will know your heart is the same place. So there was nothing in anything that I ever got, and the correspondence was recent, that indicated I, I I walk around and express to people my worry about lots of things. He could take all of this and put such a positive light on, we're winning, we're exposing, we're making the difference, we must continue. A man who repeatedly was investigated by his own government for doing the job they hired him to do never broke in terms of his spirit never stepped away from his story he is not ever going to be that person who would take his life besides which very religious people are very unlikely to take their own lives bob you know that it, it is anti-God, and it is not in the values of very religious people. And I think when you define Bill Haney as a person, his belief in God, and his belief in Jesus Christ, and his love of people, there's just nothing there that suggests this. And the other thing that bothered me about uh, the coroner, sheriff, one-person type person is... Remember, it's California, okay? It's Northern California. It's like, how quickly can we sweep this under the rug, not gather evidence? There should have been no statement made. The statement should have been, we found Phil, he was shot, and we are now going to do an investigation. That's the right way to do it, okay? So you send out, you know... Every time you send out a narrative, you can take it back later on, but no one ever pays attention to later on. They pay attention to what did you say in the first 20 minutes or hour or day of the event. And that's what stays in people's mind. They don't look on page 14 and bottom right-hand corner and type 7 font. Oh, yeah, they retracted that. It's, It's something different. It was absolutely, totally inappropriate any statement like that to be made there must have that been is, intent there that is 100% true that is that is exactly right you cannot do it that way and that is exactly how they did it which makes all of this even much, that much more questionable 
Um, and Lord only knows if we will ever find out the reality of why Phil Haney died. Um, and, and I hate to do that. We should just be spending our time grieving right now and mourning, especially for people like you who are close to him. Uh, and I will join you in doing that, and I will say prayers for everybody who was close to him, but I cannot help my mind uh, wondering um, what what sort of potential foul play was was involved here. Bev, I've got to get to well, our news, yeah. but we didn't get to your we didn't get to your your um, class yet. Yours and Mike's class. Can you hang on for one more segment after the news here? Yes, and we're all worried about his phone and his laptop computer, Bob. These are big concerns. I don't know anything about that, uh, but if you would like to hit that, too, on the way back in. Let's spend one more segment together with Beverly Goldstein to talk about, again, Phil Haney, the passing of, a, of an American patriot and under very mysterious circumstances, and also uh, about an important class, mapping out anti-Semitism being hosted by uh, Bev and Mike Goldstein. We'll talk with um, Bev one more time right after this. All right, it is uh, 1037. I want to come back now with uh, Beverly Goldstein for one more segment. Bev, um, uh, Beverly is a former congressional candidate now working with Red Green Axis Exposed, as well as uh, her husband, Mike, uh, our our mutual friend, Dan Ramada. They all worked together on Act for America now with Red Green Axis Exposed and very close friends with Phil Haney, who is a former um, DHS whistleblower during the Obama era. He blew the whistle, essentially, on his own department um, after he had uh, meticulously collected so much data about individuals who were connected to Islamist terror groups, which was what his charge was in Homeland Security, and uh, then was ordered by the Obama administration to start scrubbing certain words from his reports and then eventually scrubbing his entire reports. No one was to know who these people and what these organizations were into, which was, of course, beyond uh, bizarre. Um, And he wrote a book about it, and uh, he told the truth. He wrote a book uh, called See Something, uh, Say Nothing. And according to what I was reading, Beverly Goldstein he was about to put together a second book, a sequel, a follow-up on this. Um, and, I'm, and I'm quoting a Washington Examiner uh, article now about this, about his, his death, in which he talked about the quote-unquote whistleblower in the Ukraine deal, this Eric Charamella, saying it's odd that I was a highly visible whistleblower, but nobody paid attention to me. This guy remains invisible, but is treated like an anointed oracle from above. He said back in November, but quote, my story is still live, i.e. there's still more to come. It'll be called National Security Meltdown. Bev, this doesn't sound like somebody who was interested in taking his own life. Well, Bob, that was my opening statement to you, he wasn't. And it doesn't take a lot to stay to suicide. It wasn't like it happened in the middle of a building. Um, You know, the few details we have, it took a while to find him. Mm -hmm. It was, seems like it was in a somewhat remote place that he was. And so we just don't know anything, Okay. We do know that those of us who text him, who work with him, who have had him in our homes, at our uh, workshops, in our synagogues, and churches, and so forth, he knows thousands of people all over the country. So according to one of the news reports, his stepmom did say in a report that both his 
phone and his laptop are in the possession of law enforcement. First of all, I don't know what that means in the state of California. I thought they were void of law enforcement. So um, we are all on alert. Be more careful. That includes me and you. You know, uh, and we should be, and I get that. Um, My concern, you know, when you brought up before our break um, the fact that his phone and his laptop are in the possession of, quote-unquote, law enforcement, I don't know if that means local police or if that means federal officials. Um, It's just law enforcement. And I worry because if what Phil was texting prior to all of this, that he had more information to share, that his investigation, as he called it, is still live, I just wonder if there were things that he was going to report on that needed to be um, removed, that needed to be scrubbed. How about that? Just you know, for to, to use the same vernacular, that somebody was going to scrub from his laptop and his phone. We may never know what else he had uh, he had you know stumbled onto during during his investigations. And again, I know this is all speculative, and I and we don't like to play those games, and I really don't want to here, especially when we should be grieving for Phil and his family, but. Um, but this just there's there's a lot that doesn't make sense here, and I know uh, and I know we need to we need to look into it as as we get the availability and opportunity. Um, but people are, like him have probably um, covered their bases. So I hope I, I hope you're mind, right. I in my mind I in my mind believe um, not that our exposure isn't out there. I collectively all of us who interacted with him, loved him, worked with him. Uh, admired him, but I, I believe that um, if he was aware that things were closing in on him for one reason or another, mm-hmm. I would bet a dinner that people who are high up in his circle of information, they are on top of things. So that I don't know anything. Right. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. I feel we need to we need to qualify our remarks and say this is all speculative or this is just opinions. This is what we observe and think. But there's obviously nothing we have on that. And I and I and I I respect that. Bev, let me let me spend a few minutes now or let me ask you to spend a few minutes now talking about the original reason for our visit. Um, You and Mike are presenting uh, starting next month over the course of four Thursdays. Um, a class of sorts, mapping out anti-Semitism. Before you tell me what it is, tell me why this is. Well, I think we've been to a few of our African American meetings, and mm-hmm. Dan and I have been working together for a very long time now. Many, many of the people we've had come in to speak to us, the issues that we're talking about, they have a Jewish connection. And we have not actually pulled all of those issues together. So the title of the course, Mapping Out Anti-Semitism from Ancient to Modern Times, needed to meet the comfort level of our host. So this seemed like a good uh, narrative to encourage people to come in. But one of the things we're going to do in these four classes is to really try to tie in Judaism, Jews, 
the biblical history, the Christian history. Uh, Jews have not fared well since we left Egypt, and we didn't fare well in Egypt. That's why we left. We're really about laws. We're really about freedom. We're really about life. America, in my opinion, the more I've studied, America was founded on Judaism. It was founded by Christian men who were great believers and admirers of the foundational, fundamental aspects of Judaism and Jewish people. And so when we say Judeo-Christian values, Judeo-Christian this, that, and the other thing, we're not just sticking Judeo on to be nice so that we include more people, but the fundamental care for humanity really comes out of the Jewish Bible. And so God and our belief in God and our belief in taking care of people is really fundamentally a Jewish thing. But you're not supposed to do it to the detriment of yourself and your people. That's why Open borders is a problem. We listened to um, a speaker recently, well, last Friday night, uh, who was very involved in giving care to uh, people on the Mexican side of the border who are now not entering our country till they get permission to enter our country. But um, I listened to her, and the stories were so heart-wrenching I was like sitting in the audience and little tears were coming down my cheek because I don't want to be against making sure that humanity is cared for, fed, given health care and whatever. I want to be for America, not allowing that to be a diversion to let terrorism, crime, and destruction of our country come into our country because we're trying to make a difference for people who are really struggling. And you know what? If people 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, if they really wanted to distinguish between damaging our country and helping those who are trying to flee to come here, we can do anything in this country, Bob. We can go anywhere. We can do anything. We have brilliant minds. We have a group of elites who like to keep the narrative the way it is because that allows for nihilism, that allows for destruction of what we really need to be taking care of. And those are the topics that we have talked about at our monthly in-person meetings at our former Mac for America chapter, and we will go forward and talk about them in the Red Ring Access efforts through our Zoom meetings and our in-person meetings. But all of these left issues, left-wing issues, are constantly shadowing out, covering up the allowance of the destruction of America. We could be taking care of people, and we could be on board with those left-wingers wanting to take care of people. But we can't do it under the structure that they think should be existing, such as sanctuary cities. 
that's a lot of ground uh, covered there, Bev Goldstein, as we talk about mapping out anti-Semitism from ancient to modern times. But I guess that's why it takes four classes, right? Tell us where and when okay, and how anybody this. can be a part of this. Okay. We're going to very carefully uh, scrutinize who uh, is allowed into the building for this class. So, mm-hmm. first of all, let me say we will be focusing very heavily on multiple aspects of anti-Semitism and how it relates through the history of Judaism and through the history of America and through the history in Europe and in the Middle East and specifically the damage that happens in Israel. We have four days of classes. It will start Thursday, March 12th, and it will go from 7 to 8.30, and then we'll probably have a little meet and greet afterwards with some, some, some nosh. So March 12th, March 19th, March 26th, April 2nd, the topics that we were going to cover in general are history of pagan and Christian anti-Semitism. We'll have three speakers on that day, Michael, myself, and Kathy Johnson, who works with Mike at Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. Uh, the second class will be on Islam and Islamic anti-Semitism. That will be taught by me and Dan Ramada. Then the third date, Jew hatred from the late 1800s to now, and we'll heavily explain the relationship between Islam and the Nazis prior to the Nazis, during the Nazis, and post-Nazis. The Muslim Brotherhood evolved out of the money in Lugano, Switzerland, in the bank after the Nazis were defeated. The Islamists got the money and they ran. And we have documentation in Europe and in the United States that proves that. We will get into that um, to talk about some of the current problems. Mm-hmm. And then April 2nd is a really important class for me and Michael. We're going to lay out all of the events that we either presented, all of the issues that we've confronted, either in Northeast Ohio or somewhere in Ohio, people see all these things as news. Oh, this is today's news. This is tomorrow's news. What's happening is this change of civilization. And you need to look at news in the context of, is our civilization changing? And it is. And those of us who listen to your show really want to hold the line. So it's $36 to register. If you're interested in attending, it will be in a building in the east suburb of uh, Cleveland. And the registration goes through Dan Ramada, and you need to send him an email at rca at eaglefirenation.com. That's our new service. Uh, no, no, hold on. If I may, you mean eaglefiremail.com, right? Eagle, Eagle, Eagle oh, Fire I'm sorry. Mail. I left the, yes. R-G-A-S. EagleFireMail.com, right. Uh, R-G-A, for those, and just so just so people know, it's R-G-A stands for Red Green Access, the organization we've been talking about, R-G-A, Red Green Access, R-G-A at EagleFireMail.com. That's where you have to register, as Bev said, because they have to make sure uh, to vet everyone who wants to be a part of this, because sadly, that is the world we're living in, particularly when we're talking about the subject matter that they will be covering. We need to make sure that people who are there are there to learn and not to disrupt or do worse. So uh, please send an email to rga at 
eaglefiremail.com if you can attend one or, or, or all four of these classes uh, because it is an um, extraordinary opportunity to be educated about something very important to all of us. Uh, Bev, uh, got to run. Really appreciate you staying for that third segment. I really appreciate all of your thoughts on um, Phil Haney and uh, know that you and everyone else who is close to Phil, I've only interviewed him the one time. I could not call myself close to him, but uh, I th- I'm sure everybody listening right now shares my thoughts uh, in offering prayers and condolences to you and everyone who was. So thank you very much, Beverly Goldstein. Thank you very much, Bob. Brands, talk to you soon. Yes, yes, you will. Uh, 1052, final segment coming up, AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 10.55, final segment, obviously a very short one here. We'll squeeze a couple of calls in here before the top of the hour, and Mike Gallagher takes over. I want to stay on topic here, so I'm going to go to uh, Jan first in Brexville, who wants to talk about now the late Phil Haney. Hi, Jan, go ahead. Uh, hi, Bob. I just uh, heard most of the segment with Bev, and uh, just uh, uh, in talking, I sent you, a, first of all, uh, an email about, uh, it was a video and uh, that Washington Examiner link uh, last night late, but he spoke. Oh, I know, that was you. Okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, I yeah. did get that I did get that email. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it, it was, it's a long video, but it helped me to grieve. It helped me remember who he was, and he spoke very much about his uh, uh, history and his theology background, in addition to his being an entomologist, you know, study of insects, right, right. but uh, and how it, uh, you know, got, but he uh, he said that our documents, our founding documents, are steeped in biblical principles, and he spoke about his integrity, and without that, he could have nothing. He quoted Bible scripture, he quoted uh, Abraham Lincoln, and uh, much of our founding documents. He was a brilliant man, so this... Um, uh, was something I thought that made him who he was, and if you watch that video, uh, you you know who he is, and it helped right. me grieve for him. Just well, I, I appreciate I appreciate you. I haven't watched it because you're right; it is long. It's about eighty minutes. I took a look at it before I was able to. You know, I, I haven't sat down to watch it yet, but I, I really appreciate that, and I will indeed do that. And I'll offer that to other people. I'll share it on my social media. Uh, also, thank Jen, Jen, thank you for the call. Also, I, I should say this. Um, Get his book. Now, I just received a note from somebody saying it's not available anymore on Amazon.com, but I just checked it myself. Um, See Something, Say Nothing was Phil Haney's book that, again, that exposed, it was kind of a whistleblower in print, um, uh, the Obama administration's attempt to scrub all of the dangerous ties to Islamic terror um, uh, of organizations in the United States, uh, individuals and organizations with ties to international Islamic terrorism. It's a, uh, Again, this is what he did for a living. He worked for the Department of Homeland Security and assembled all this stuff, and then they made him scrub it. His story needs to be told again and again and again and again. And it's available right now. I'm staring at the Amazon page, See Something, Say Nothing by Phil Haney. I cannot say strongly enough that you should buy that book and educate yourself. Jerry, so, uh, Jerry in Solon, you're next. Go ahead, Jerry. Good, 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 good morning, Bob. I, uh, first, I want to preface this. I really enjoy your show. Uh, Thank you. I think your last guest, uh, although I agree with about 95% of what she said, had a very deeply flawed 
statement that I, as a uh, Christian, an eighth-generation American, find quite a bit of umbrage about, where she said that our finding fathers were Christians who admired Judaism, which that is totally incorrect. Uh, it's not to say that they didn't admire Judaism, but we are found on Judeo-Christian principles, and for her to slight the Christians, I think she is really touching an area where she shouldn't go. I, I would say this in response, because i got to go here. I've got 20 seconds for the end of the show. Thanks for the call, Jerry. I would say this. I know Beverly, and I know she feels very, very strongly about her passion for Christians. She loves Christians and Christianity. If it came out the wrong way, I'm sure she would clarify that if she had an opportunity to. But thanks for the call. We've got to get out. Mike Gallagher is coming up next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.